What's going on, everybody? This is Sean of Ross Like Music. And this is the Super Sunny Show. I'm La Molly. This is Blue and Green Radio. Hello and welcome along to this month's edition of the Music for Modern Living Radio Show right here on Blue and Green Radio. You're locked in with me, Nigel Gentry. Party people, this is Mr. V of Confessions of a Curly Mind broadcasting through Blue and Green Radio. You're listening to Steve Williams at UK5.org. Welcome to the Blue and Green Sessions. Ride the vibe with DJ Ronnie Ron. Twisted Souls. You're listening to the Blue and Green podcast, and I hope you enjoy what we are going to say. Blueandgreenradio.com. Welcome, friends. You're tuned in to another episode of the Blue in Green podcast. My name's Imran. Thank you very much for uh, your time and your company on today's episode. Uh, we have a really great episode. I'll get to it in a moment. But we uh, obviously, with this podcast runs in conjunction with the online internet radio station Blue in Green Radio, which celebrates contemporary soul, jazz, funk, uh, future soul, uh, Latin music, hip hop music. Uh, we are London based, but incredibly fortunate enough to host shows from across the world including London, uh, Japan, Australia and uh, the States so we'd love your company, we'd love you to check us out at www.blueingreenradio.com you can find our stream there and you can also find the complete back catalogue of our Blue in Green podcasts. Primarily these podcasts were created as a way to kind of connect with our presenters and introduce you guys to our presenters from across the world. But um, we've, we've just been so fortunate to uh, be able to host uh, conversations with just some of the most incredible artists in the world and I, I don't use that term lightly uh, just last episode we had Alan Evans of Soul Live and Alan Evans Trio and a multitude of other uh, projects that we did discuss in that episode uh, past episodes have seen us connect with the amazing Julia Beale, uh, Sean Kahn, Jesse Fisher um, is a whole host of names Pete Cunningham from the Ishmael Ensemble uh, Greg Sanders from Teotima so please uh, rummage through our podcast uh, catalogue and you'll find some just amazing people uh, from our presenters to our guests today's guest is uh, absolutely uh, one of the most prestigious that we've been able to host uh, this episode sees uh, me secure time with the incredible Deborah Jordan uh, currently riding a wave of incredible uh, plaudits and uh, success with her new album See in the Dark released on her longtime label Futuristica headed up by the amazing Simon S uh, and I mean to see the level of success that this album is, is going on to achieve is so uh, thrilling and inspiring so uh, I was fortunate to write the UK Vibe review uh, for the album and uh, this conversation right now is is uh, for me a, a wonderful extension of that so I'm beyond thrilled beyond grateful and appreciative that Deborah managed to fit us in in what clearly is an insanely busy period with with everything going on with this with the album promotion and interviews that she's already conducting so it's been a real big deal for me I'm a long time uh, fan uh, of uh, the label uh, Futuristica uh, and of course Deborah Jordan so it's uh, yeah it was a real buzz for me but one thing I really I have to say I really have to say it um I think the conversation it's a great conversation and I'm thrilled with it uh, I, I could have I could have uh, gone on for so much I had more things I really wanted to discuss but the conversation was one of those days and uh, it was sort of beset with a series of technical issues and I, even now I'm blushing because I'm so embarrassed <laughs> I'm so embarrassed to have Deborah Jordan kind of on the line and for just all these things to have, these techie things to have gone wrong but the only reason I'm saying this is because it was another indication of the incredible class of Deborah Jordan that she just smiled and said that's fine no problem you know and I thought she's going to end this conversation because it just we had to keep resetting but she honestly just the most incredible person and I'm so grateful that 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 she is who she is because we would have had that we wouldn't have had the conversation otherwise so uh yeah I will I could have kept her talking for so much longer but I had already wasted a lot of her time so I'm uh, yeah it, it makes this even more better the fact that she is as 
as as awesome as as anyone would would assume her to be. So uh, I I really want to say thanks to um, to to Deborah Jordan for her time con- to congratulate her on just a stunning piece of work. And uh, if if the album is new to you, then you know listen to this conversation, hear all about it, and particularly listen to Deborah's choice as the closing number on uh on the the show today and you'll be sold i guarantee it uh with um the final point being uh as you know we feature two songs on each podcast episode our guest picks the closing number and i have the luxury of picking the opening one and um I'm going to kind of turn back the clock for my my selection and head all the way back to 2009 to uh, Sun Circle, which is a project that we do discuss in the uh, in the episode today. It is her collaborative project with um, Simon S uh, under the banner of Sun Circle. They had an album out in 2009, again through Futuristica, and I'm going to pick uh, just a beautiful song from it, which is Stars Fall Down, and it acts as a really great introduction to uh, to their music, to uh, the label's music as well. So please check out Futuristica's Bandcamp page for a great selection of music, and uh, massive thanks, uh, at endless love for Deborah Jordan. Uh, out to Simon S, Futuristica, uh, and and the team involved in in that label and this project. I've rambled a lot. Let's get straight to it. Sun Circle, uh, and then we'll go straight into our conversation with Debbie Jordan. Thank you very much for checking the episode out. Blueandgreenradio.com. I would love your company and hope you enjoy the show. Thank you. 
how's your quarantine life been over the last couple of months have you found it bearable where you you dealt well with it all it's it's oddly not that different for me apart from missing out on teaching my students which is a real shame um and i think they're feeling it as well um They've been saying, you know, when can we come and see you? We want our <laughs> lessons. We miss you. And I'm like, I know. We need to be over. So, um, so yeah, other than that, it's been kind of vaguely normal, although having slightly more time to be creative, which is a nice thing. So it's not all bad. <laughs> that is. I imagine you're teaching music. Is that a safe, a safe I, bet? Yes, I teach um, young singers. So, yeah, teaching vocals, which is a real blessing. Um, that's amazing Uh, how long have you been doing that um oh gosh it must be at least um where are we now 2020 my gosh (laughs) probably coming up to about 10 years now oh wow that's incredible and obviously you find it very fulfilling I mean if you're in contact with your students already then that's that's something nice isn't it I do I'm really lucky I've got some some really talented young singers um and one of them has been just amazing she's actually um having her first releases on futuristica also uh oh, you, wow. you might know georgie sweet oh that's amazing that's very <laughs> exciting so it's an avenue to groom new futuristica talent i see now <laughs> take the chances where you get them <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing um oh, yeah it's really exciting so yeah it must be incredible to to kind of have that connection with people and see them blossom into their own their own names their own talents and everything that's the beautiful thing about it is that you're just allowing them to access part of themselves that maybe they didn't know was there um and especially mm. with georgie i mean you know she knew she could sing although she's very very humble we've just been able to allow her to find herself so whereas before it was a case of kind of constantly learning and imitating other singers now she's actually really recognizing oh I need to sing with my own voice so Mm. even though she might have those influences in there and they can inform her choices musically and and stylistically she's actually singing with her own personality and her own original sound which is is just the most beautiful thing to see I'm I'm by no means equating uh Georgie Sweet to this comparison but I, I liken that to like the um the Britney Spears effect where everyone would put their finger in their ear and raise them their index <laughs> finger and warble away as if they're trying to find a note that they don't know what it sounds like either. It's the Mariah Carey hand. Exactly. It's the Mariah Carey hand. <laughs> <laughs> and that was by no means a comment towards uh, the incredible talent of, uh, of, of Georgie at all. But uh, yeah, it was, I, I remember seeing that it's like X factor and everything, isn't it? It's just, they think that's how you do it. That's how they, or the pop stars do it so that must be how you sing <laughs> absolutely well when you get to interview Georgie which I'm sure you will do at some point I'd love to yeah you'll have to ask her to to do her Michael McDonald <laughs> she does a very very good Michael McDonald <laughs> so I'm not complaining you know if, if somebody can sing to me in a Michael McDonald voice I'm very happy <laughs> Well, oh gosh, I'll have to definitely have to connect with her now and say, do it. Fine, <laughs> great. Thanks. Thanks for your time. <laughs> Take five minutes. Just do Michael McDonald. Off you Amazing. go. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, and speaking of making time, I'm so grateful that you're uh, that you've you've managed to to find. Uh, time to talk to me I mean obviously the release of your amazing album See in the Dark has just has just come out and every time I open my uh, my Facebook uh, like homepage it's it's Deborah Jordan fending off waves of <laughs> praise and plaudits <laughs> and just oh more love forget it whatever oh, <laughs> just batting them away <laughs> how you must I don't know how how must you be feeling during this period this is as good as it gets right well it's very kind of you to say that you incredible <laughs> and um I'm sorry that I'm ruining your time absolutely <laughs> not no it's 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 it, I, as a fan of yours for as long as I have been it's amazing to see it's one of those things where it's like the perfect alignment the right the right material the right album at the right time and it connects and it just feels every like it just connects all the dots and everyone sees it and you for the brilliance that you and the project is and it's just one of those incredibly just perfect kind of set of circumstances and it's a wonderful thing to see it's really sweet of you um obviously we didn't plan to release the album with a worldwide pandemic (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> that is not of my making. Um, oh, I'll scratch that from my. That was my next question. <laughs> that, oh. that was part of my master plan. Um, but no, it is. I mean, the, I'm completely overwhelmed um, and quite speechless at the response. To be honest, um, I know a lot of people have been waiting a long time for the third album, um, but it's it's just been absolutely beautiful. Like as you're saying, you know, this, this outpouring of love and understanding of what the album is. And um, it is strange that, yes, we're in unprecedented times and, and living in, in a very strange existence at the moment. And yet it does seem like the perfect time to actually share this with everyone and say, okay, tough times, we're all struggling in our own individual ways, but actually, you know, let's let music heal us. Let's all connect through this this beautiful medium that can allow us to share the same space even though we might be millions of miles apart so i feel incredibly blessed and grateful that that people are responding to it in the way that i intended the album to be heard you had talked about uh, obviously the gap between albums being you know life getting in the way and i i think a lot of see in the dark is sort of exemplary of that where there are so many things that you discuss about your events in the last few uh few years and your your connection to that and uh the very fact that that album is is indicative of 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 your of your of your life over the last few years is that a fair assessment totally totally yep it's um it's me processing really and working through it all and, and trying to make sense of it and come out the other side a, a stronger, healthier, better person, really. How long was that album kind of in the works for? Oh, <laughs> um, a while. Um, it's, <laughs> it's an interesting one because obviously there's, there is, you know, about a 10 year gap between the albums and some yeah. of the tracks were started a while ago and, um, obviously stay with you having the beautiful collaboration with um the beautiful olivier zebo known as oz uh, yeah. from electric conversation uh we did that track quite a few years ago um recorded it in his flat in paris uh which was a beautiful magical moment that we all still really vividly remember and um the track got lost on oh, wow. some you know decrepit piece of hard drive or something and um <laughs> yeah technical issues exactly oh, no. <laughs> yeah it was one of those stories um <laughs> and um we ended up obviously losing Oz and um mm. we still had his beautiful vocal um and Caro who is La Note uh we had her beautiful vocal and I ended up re-singing my part and we got mecca 83 and simon s on the case to reconstruct the track that that had basically been made by oz um so that one has had you know a strange journey to get to where it is now but is is a very literal and uh genuine representation of of the original track that that oz made and Mm. a couple of the other tracks you know we we started um creating ideas years ago and then what with one thing and another you know not only my life circumstances but producers life circumstances and what have you contributing to delays and and just not being in the right headspace to create um in the way that we wanted and so things have been put on hold and then picked up again but um several of the tracks have been very recent also so it's it's a beautiful blend of moments of the past moments of uh recent times and somehow it with the the magic of mark rapson and and simon s being executive producers and kind of main engineers they've created this really beautifully cohesive project out of you know 10 years of life that have influenced what the album became well was it always intended to be a very kind of in-house futuristic kind of project is that was that always is that something that you just you gravitate towards? I mean, you obviously you step out of the the futuristic umbrella a lot with with so many other like collaborations, but for this album, it seems to be very in house. Yeah, I'm really really blessed and lucky to have um, an amazing family of musicians around me and, and producers around me. So it it's beautiful working with people who know you and understand you and who get what's going on. So they know. The right time to kind of push and prod you and say come on 
get creative, express this, get it out, use it as a catharsis. And they also know when to just sit back and go, I'm just going to let you take your time and process. And when you're ready, I know you're going to smash that track. So we'll just get on with it at the right time. Um, So I'm really lucky to have people who were as sensitive to the project as I was and who just wanted to make it the best thing that, that we could possibly create together. And we do consider ourselves a family and, and we really do just gel. And, and for me to, to write to anything, I do have to connect, you know, there has to be that, that moment of, I have to write to that. Some people will, you know, send me tracks to work on and I'll love the track, but I won't necessarily hear myself on it. Um, right. So I'm, I'm lucky to have lots of people who, who get what, they think I might hear and might be able to create on their tracks. So Hmm. it's a beautiful collaboration. I'm, I'm really, really lucky. As a, as a songwriter, how does that, um, is, do you find that process easy? Cause there's a, um, I've gone blank there, a Michael Jackson, uh, collaborator, not Quincy, but sort of from that era where he described the process of the songs in the air. And if you can't grab it, very very quickly then it just wasn't meant to be but then you have other stories of our of um uh, i think jeff buckley talked about banging his head on a his hotel room floor <laughs> trying to write hallelujah and taking him forever and ever you know so where do you kind of sit as a writer you kind of like no if it doesn't happen very quick then it just wasn't meant to be or do you just like to look it's going to take months or i'll, I'll revisit this years later or it's an interesting process because I've I've never felt uh, or considered myself um, a natural writer. It, it wasn't what kind of happened first for me musically. I've I've always been, um, you know, an instrumentalist or singer. So the writing thing came very late for me, um, and it's it's a real mix of the two. I'm glad that. <laughs> You, you stated both kind of sides of the <laughs> equation because, <laughs> because as you asked the question, you know, is it an easy process? I was just laughing to myself and wanting to bang my head against the wall. <laughs> there are those moments where you're just like, no, this is so not easy. Why am I doing it? Why am I torturing myself trying mm. to find that ethereal, ephemeral idea that I know is there and I should be able to find it, but I can't. And there mm. are other times where it's it's a stream of consciousness and it's just happening without you actually understanding how it's happening um two songs in particular were very much like that for me um the track that I did with Gennaro Jarrell um I was literally going to sleep one night and I literally just grabbed my phone and started writing a note of these lyrics with no clue as to what the lyrics were or what they were for um and then suddenly got Gennaro's beat and was like oh okay (laughs) that all makes sense now perfect (laughs) and just you know was able to kind of come up with the melody really really easily and quickly um the other one that was like that is actually I'll see you again from seeing the dark where um Mark and Nathan and I had um put little elements of the the track down when we were recording a futuristic family video Um, So it started as an idea and then Mark took it away, sent me back the track and we knew it was going to be a deeply personal track and one that was going to be in honour of my mum's passing. But um, at the time I couldn't go near it. I didn't know what to write. I didn't know how to express it. And I would just cry every time I heard the track because it was so beautiful. And then again, one night I just started writing lyrics in a kind of stream of consciousness, having no idea how I was going to sing them. Um, the next day I came into the studio and was able to kind of work out a melody, sang it crying and just, you know, in pieces, knowing that I was just, you know, singing to mum, wanting her to hear me tell her that, you know, I know we're going to see each other again. It's not the end. We're fine. It's OK. Um, went downstairs to ask Simon to come and listen to it, saying, I know I need to re-record the vocals. I know it's dreadful. Um, and he went, nope, that's it. Take done off you go, I'm mixing, and it was done. So sometimes it's that beautiful, very, you know, seemingly straightforward process. Other times you are chewing a pencil for days, (laughs) just Mm -hmm. hoping, as you said, to catch that idea that you know should be there, but it isn't. Um, And sometimes it just does take a while for it to, to show itself and to reveal itself. And 
some tracks you just have to work that little bit harder for but when you get them it's almost in a way even more satisfying because you had to work for it but you knew you got there in the end so I kind of agree with the the catching it quickly but sometimes it it's just impossible to catch <laughs> and yeah. I wish it wasn't yeah. but yeah I suppose I suppose in its own way it makes the end result so much sweeter the fact that you've if it came easily then you'd be on the next one already you know yeah. so the fact that you have to work for something it, it makes it all the more special for yourself right absolutely absolutely so with that I mean I'll see you again I mean uh, like I can't even think I I, I I think what makes it special for me as a as a listener as a fan is that I suppose knowing obviously its intention um it must feel very special to have something that you want to say and then have like in an artistic expression and then be able to I mean, obviously, I could never know what was in your head in in terms of your the end result. But to have a finished project product, which you know must have, it must to hear it now, you must think, well, there's no other way I could have conveyed this. This is in every way perfection as a as a song as a as a message. That you 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 have that connection with the song like that, or are you thinking, oh, I could have sang it better, like as you had said, or I, I wish I had done this better, but isn't is it not the perfect manifestation of everything that you would want it is I mean I'm I'm loath to use the word perfect because mm -hmm. you know nothing is ever perfect and especially as a as an artist and as a singer especially we we have a really warped concept of what is perfect especially <laughs> when it comes to a vocal you know we could do it 300 times and it still would not be perfect um even though it would be you know perfectly great but um Yes, it is the perfect representation of, of what I wanted to express and share. And the beautiful thing with that is that several people have been in touch since seeing the video and now hearing the track uh, with the album being released, saying how, you know, they totally understand that either, you know, one of their parents has passed or a loved one has passed. And it's just that it connects so that they're able to just revisit whether it's old or a fresh hurt and touch it but not get swarm swamped by it you know it, it's that yeah. thing where it allows you to to feel all of the intensity of the emotion but to actually come out of the other side feeling like there's still hope there's still joy there's still peace in your heart rather than feeling sad you know lonely and the other connotations that it might have so the beautiful thing is that people are actually hearing it and saying wow I, I felt really uplifted and and comforted by it and it helps to ease that that grief or that loss or that sadness you know we're the community at the moment is just in pieces over the loss of our brother Ty and absolutely that's why I put the the video up again saying you know in honor of you because he touched all of us in such a a magnificent way in such an impactful way so yes it was written for my mum but it's just as as heavy a, a burden and a loss to to lose a dear friend and to be able to then say to him I know we'll see each other again it's okay it it allows me to touch that grief in a slightly different way because there's that that little element of peace still within the soul that says yeah you understand it now. You know you've lost the physical being, but you know that you're still connected through time and space regardless. And, and that person's presence and their legacy is still with you constantly regardless. So I think that's the beautiful thing that comes with that song is that even though it had one very specific intent at the time, it has a much bigger scope and a, a bigger presence without, you know, having that that impetus initially yeah I, I mean absolutely I mean I you talked about the hope of the song and it's really encapsulated in the title I mean it, anything else wouldn't you know it would have been a song about lingering in said sa sadness or anguish but it is it is a hopeful it is like a digesting of and allowing that that pain and hurt to, to come in but we can move beyond that and that, absolutely I think yeah that's really what I think what I think that song is going to 
I think you may end up being surprised at what that song will will end up being, I think, in terms of yourself and your career and just what it will go on to continually, how it will always be something people will resonate with in, in many, many uh, years to come. I think, you know, you kind of get that, that feeling as you listen to something, you think, oh, my gosh, like this is, yeah, this is this is pretty, this is a, this is a special piece of work. It really is. Um, you mentioned uh, Ty. Obviously, you guys work together for... Um, the eyes eyes uh eyes open track uh and uh for the jazz refreshed album so i mean what you know his passing was a huge blow um do you, you know is there any particularly fond memories you have of him that you'd like to discuss at all it's just him really you yeah. know his his essence and his care for the community his his community you know it's it really is that you know we're a village mentality yeah and it was about uplifting everyone and it was also about you know being straight with people so you know if you were on the wrong side of him you're on the wrong side of me and you're going to know about it but Hmm. we're going to fix it you know it was there's always a a real honesty and sincerity in what Ty said or did and um, I'm just so grateful that we got the chance to have him come and visit and to spend a lovely weekend on a kind of holistic retreat here with us because he was like, I need to get out of town. (laughs) I'm coming to see (laughs) you. I'm coming to the beach. Excellent. Um, And we did, we had just the most beautiful time. And it was when he was playing us the, the kind of final mixes of the work of heart album. So we got to hear it before it was all tied up and Mm. we just stayed up all night talking about everything, putting the world to rights, you know, obviously tons of music going on and playing new ideas to each other and what have you. And that was the beautiful thing. He was just so easy to be with and to share and to just go off in tangents and discuss, you know, something really silly, but something then really profound and deep. And Hmm. that's what real friendship is. You know, it's, it's being able to just be with each other and be really honest and, and, be truthful and he did that with everyone and, yeah. and that's a blessing you know he he will be sorely missed but again you know I'll see him again so it's okay I know it's it's you know only a matter of time that we reconnect yeah that's lovely that's amazing the the outpouring of support and uh and love for him was uh was wonderful it was really inspiring the way people um responded to it so uh yeah it was a huge blow as you said to the community so um yeah very sad um kind of moving on to your like uh the, the futuristic camp mm-hmm. which you know you've you, we, we, we talked about already i mean it, it is very uh uh, uh f- familial uh in terms of the the producers that you guys have and uh you know i guess now knowing more about georgie sweet and mm-hmm. uh and her background i mean uh, how how what is do you, do you consider yourself having an involvement with the label beyond yourself as just a uh, uh, as an as a, as an artist in, in in your own right, do you kind of are you involved in sort of several other aspects of the label at all? PA secretary, spreadsheet <laughs> <laughs> writer. Um, <laughs> I, I'm I'm a great administrator. I think um, in another life, you know, there's the artistic side of me, and then there's the secretarial uh, side that that comes out and wants to organise everything. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Sai is amazing at, at running things and he has great artistic vision and um, he just great is obviously he's a great producer himself um, but he one of his beautiful talents is seeing what other people are possible uh, of you know what what potential they have um, and being able to pull that out of them and, and just giving them the platform and the space and the the support to be able to express themselves really honestly and um so I do anything I can to support that basically mm. <laughs> you know we we do want to allow people that maybe don't have the the understanding of the industry or the business a platform and a, and a way to get first releases out and things like that you know we really want to support new talent because we know how much of a struggle it can be when you're you're naive and you're green and some people want to take advantage of you and you know you maybe just don't know the right avenues to to follow to achieve what you want so if we can help people do that and if we can just 
share beautiful music. You know, the, the main thing is to just create something that, that leaves a legacy, as Cy would always say. You know, his his thing is, you know, we have to leave something behind. It's not about that egotistical aspect of, you know, people must know what I have done. It's just we need to show that we were on this planet for a period of time and that our expression of, of our experience is through music. And so let's leave that legacy behind for others to be able to delve into when the time is right for them. So, so yeah, I just try and support in any way I possibly can. So if people need vocals, I'll do those. I'll help with, you know, vocal mixes. I'll help with a bit of production every now and again. I'll play the odd bass line or what have you. <laughs> I'll do whatever I'm needed to do. <laughs> how, how do you guys though, as, I mean, everything you described was sort of very, almost from an artistic standpoint, how do you find navigating like what an ever evolving business and ever, and with with like a, a clientele almost that that is constantly changing how they consume music you know with obviously the rise of streaming culture and things like that I mean does that part of the business kind of excite you guys at all or is that the part where it's like oh no here <laughs> you know we, we kind of have to to get to grips with things on on you know with a like a business hat uh attached as opposed to just this like nurturing of talent and creating of art you know having to kind of get you know involved in the business side of things is that something you guys like is it something you guys embrace at all like might be a strong word (laughs) (laughs) um um, (laughs) obviously we have to deal with it um yeah i I'm not a business head when it comes to the the music industry. I, I definitely come at it from the artist perspective. Um, so I do very much come at things from the, I'm not a huge fan of streaming because we shouldn't have to give our music away. And I understand that, you know, times change and the ways that people uh, absorb or use music are different and will constantly change and evolve. But um both Simon and I are still very much physical product people. You know, we like to have something tangible um, to show for for all the work and effort. And I think, you know, for the artist also, you know, it's important to, to see their work in something physical rather than just something, you know, very etheric. It's just in the waves. Um, So I think I struggle with the business side of it because I think for Sai as well, I think both of us see it very much as an artistic endeavor and as, you know, it, it, there's that strange juxtaposition of business and art and yeah. they make difficult bedfellows because they, they don't always sync with each other, you know. So it's a strange one and it, it is strange in these times where, you know, I've seen so many posts recently on Facebook. How do you consume music and how do you do this? Do you buy albums? And I can't conceive of not buying an album and of Mm. not supporting an artist. And even though I might occasionally go onto Spotify to investigate an artist that I don't know of and to check out their music, I will then go and buy the album and support them because I want them to, to know that their work is valued and appreciated. So it's a, it's a very difficult thing to kind of marry the, the business and the art together. I find so I tend to leave it more to sigh. <laughs> is the short answer. <laughs> it is difficult. I, I always wonder. It's an unfair. I wouldn't. I'm not, I won't. I'm, I mean, if you have an answer, please uh, feel free to chip in. But it's an unfair one to spring on you. But I like was. I always sort of intrigued by kind of artist-based uh, labels, artist-run labels, like much like Futuristica, where it's you know you, you kind of wonder about those. Um, it's very like you can be on two sides of opposite sides of the fence in terms of the artist butting heads with, with management, so to speak. And it's, it's always interesting when the artist does take that leap into their own product. Are they ever thinking like, Oh, I understand why, (laughs) (laughs) why that perspective (laughs) exists in certain areas. You know, it's, it is an incredible challenge and it's like, I, I, I'm completely on board with uh, streaming. I, I don't, I don't stream. Uh, I buy, I, you know, the only, I, there's no digital copy of an album I own that I don't own the physical of unless yeah. it's, you know, if there's a digital only release, for example, then I'll buy that. But I don't, um, yeah, I, I, I buy it as well. So I completely understand. But again, it's very interesting talking to people like yourselves where it's, 
you know you have to consider that streaming culture obviously as a huge kind of market in its own in its own right well I think you're right I think when you do see the other side of it so when you see it from the business perspective rather than solely from the artist perspective you do then start to recognize you know maybe silly things that you think, oh, so that's why people have arguments over this because it's, it's not that cut and dried and it's not so black and white and yeah. and there are those shades of grey that you have to navigate. And, and then you also have those artists that sometimes have completely unrealistic expectations of what the label can do for them. Right, so, exactly, you know, yeah. You suddenly have those artists who think they're going to be millionaires next week because <laughs> you've supported their creative vision. And you're like, well, yeah, I supported your creative vision because it's a beautiful creative vision, but none of us are going to be millionaires next week. And yeah. um, it's not that easy, and especially in the current um, climate of how music is consumed, you know, none of us are becoming millionaires overnight through a few digital streams it's not going to happen. Um, so it's good to know that there are still people who do go and buy product because it does seem that, you know, consumption has changed hugely for the, the streaming culture, but yeah, I'm just physical, <laughs> yes. physical product all the way for me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, virtual high five. Yes. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> you're, I mean, you kind of talked about, say, like different styles and stuff like that. I'm, I think one of the things that's the most synonymous with with you is your kind of ability to sort of, sort of cement yourselves within these kind of different musical genres. You know, as you can be a staple of new soul or broken beat or jazz. I mean, I won't ask if that was deliberate, but like, how do you kind of? navigate that like is that's that's a very rare thing there aren't many artists that are able to kind of almost fluidly position themselves uh within these different realms and work with you know revered artists from each from each of these genres like uh robert mitchell obviously or simon s or eminative it's it's pretty an, an incredible accomplishment in, in 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 of itself do you ever have that time where you stop and think yeah i've got a pretty good decent body of work yeah it's not bad <laughs> like, it's pretty good it's pretty extensive <laughs> it covers every base it certainly wasn't by design um I think for me it's it goes back to that that comment that I made about needing to feel a connection so I just have to be involved in music that I feel I can contribute something to so you know I've been incredibly lucky I mean you know Silhouette Brown, Robert Mitchell, working with Bembe, Eska, Simon, um, our Sun Circle project, um, and then the host of producers that I've done collabs with and who've contributed to the albums. Um, they all just move me in some way. I, I feel it in my soul. And then I know I have to, I have to sing. I have to express myself through it. So if anything, that is how I'm able to to straddle the genres. But it certainly isn't a kind of, okay, today I'm in a broken beat mood. <laughs> I think I'll go and talk to so-and-so. And it's, you know, I've just been incredibly lucky to have the opportunities that I've, I've been presented with. Um, to be asked to be the singer for Robert Mitchell's Panacea when, mm. you know, you're taking over from Esker's shoes is no small task you know it's, it's a very daunting thing to say okay I'll step into those shoes and, and try and put my own slant on it but you know here we are kind of like 17 or 18 years later I think um mm. <laughs> so wow. quite a long time um and I've, I've been really honored and blessed to be able to contribute to to Robert's creative journey with Panacea you know Silhouette Brown I got the gig through working with Bembe, doing her backing vocals, but then them coming to a Panacea gig, in fact, um, and Digo checking me out and seeing whether I was up to the task of taking on Silhouette Brown. So I, I've i been really blessed to have opportunities that have challenged me with different styles, but always with that intent of me just being able to contribute honestly from what I feel I can give. So what can you say but you know how lucky am I 
because we don't all get that opportunity to to work with different um stylistic visions and you know you couldn't get more different from robert to silhouette brown or to sun circle you know they're they're all their own individual unique sounds incredible so, absolutely yeah all of those is is a real blessing yeah and you mentioned sun circle i mean are you guys gonna ever consider you know sitting down and saying hey we should um we should revisit that again we are indeed oh okay yeah very good, very good. <laughs> I, uh... can i ask or <laughs> <laughs> you can um th- there there are more projects on the way, some of which I can't uh, of discuss necessarily. Um, but yeah, Sun Circle is definitely one I want to revisit. So um, there are a couple of things already in the bag and I'm rapidly prodding Sai with a finger to say <laughs> create some more because, you know, he's going, no, no, I need to do some new stuff. So, um, so yeah, there is more Sun Circle on the way, which is, is a great thing. That's very exciting. It is a great thing. That's wonderful. Um, well, I've taken up <laughs> far too much, <laughs> twice as much of the time as I, as it may appear. Um, it's been, oh, it's been such a, a, a blessing to be able to talk to you. I'm so embarrassed for the, uh, numerous issues that we had, but grateful that you, you still, that you still stuck with it. I didn't hear anything you said because everything you said has been fuzzed out. So <laughs> <Excellent>. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Fuzzy Deborah Jordan is what everybody wants in their life. That's all they need. They want a crystal clear Deborah Jordan, and that's what they'll they, they'll hear. Dog name it. <laughs> we um, I mentioned <laughs> we mentioned uh, about a closing song, uh, just anything from uh, something from the new album, something that you've you've done in the the past that you'd love to kind of revisit at this point. Uh, just anything that you're a fan of, really. Um, just to close out the show, is there anything you had time to uh, consider? Well, song from my album, it would have to be "I'll See You Again." Perfect that yeah. is the the kind of overriding message I think we all need right now. I think you, we all just need to tap into our humanity and and care for one another and and recognize that we are all the same thing. We are all living the same existence. We're all trying to connect on that that deeper human level. So um so yeah, I'll see you again. Wonderful. Thank, I honestly couldn't thank you for your time. I'm so happy for uh, the success of the album. Uh, much love to you. Much love to Simon and Futuristica. I'm thrilled to talk to you. I really am. So thank you so much for taking the time. You're so, so welcome. It's been a blessing.
as much as it hurts It's easier than watching you suffer We can never lose each other Only become more than we were Present in every sight, sound and breath Which sometimes I hold Hoping that this is the moment I'll see you again But I know I have to let you go See you.